Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. From Mud Ice Arena to Little Caesars Arena, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident on the game, 7.30 a.m. The views and positions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the game 7.30 a.m. Some may find the content of this program controversial or offensive. Put on your big boy pants and buckle up. This isn't a safe space for weak takes or whining. You can say that this sports radio show is offensive-minded. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us through the game, 7.30 a.m. app. Message the game, 7.30 a.m. on Facebook. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Back again. Beanie's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Here's your host and professional Hellraiser, Beanie Howell. Welcome aboard. So let's recap the last 16 hours in chronological order. First, late last night, the Big Ten coaches in a conference call spent an hour bitching out Commissioner Tony Petiti, demanding him to take punitive action now in season against Michigan for the sign-stealing illegal scouting scandal. And now today, Big Ten athletic directors are meeting with Petiti for the same reason, ostensibly to do the same thing their coaches did last night. And then this morning, it came to light that earlier this fall, Michigan fired a low-level staffer after he was outed in a social media sting video purchasing alcohol for a 13-year-old he allegedly solicited online. That's just the last 16 hours. When is enough enough? Aren't we already there? I mean, you lay down at night to go to bed, and by the time you wake up in the morning, there's been at least a couple of new developments in this thing. It just doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop. 
I, I just don't know how this can keep happening. More and more developments, whether adjacent or directly involved with the larger controversy, just more and more constantly pouring out the negative, the, the negative headlines, negative developments, just mounting at an exponential pace. When is enough enough? Every time something else comes out, I think we've kind of reached rock bottom in this thing, but I'm wrong every single time. And I don't know if it's going to slow down anytime soon. You know, I think most of us in the media have heard some stuff on good authority that's eventually going to come out. We don't know when, but there's some bad stuff we're all told. Not just people like me in this part of the world, but you can hear it from the more plugged in U of M types, even the Michigan message board types say that. When will enough be enough? I mean, when I sit back and pause and just try to detox from the complete incredulity of the whole thing, it really is hard to appreciate, to wrap your head around and to fathom. And then when I apply that in the context of anywhere but there, when we have had some sort of progress or action taken by now? When is enough enough? And speaking of that, when enough is enough, let's take a look at the last year for Michigan football. Around this time last year, team captain arrested for doing 50 in a 25-mile-per-hour neighborhood, packing illegal heat with enough ammo to make Ted Nugent blush. And three hours later, he's on the team flight to Bloomington to play the very next day, never faces any discipline. Also around this time last year, a running back blatantly promotes anti-Semitic rhetoric on Twitter, not once, but twice, doesn't apologize for it, instead calling it all a, quote, glitch. And what consequences does he face? Well, they amount to an off-season field trip to the local Holocaust Museum, and we don't even know if that really ever happened. Early 2023, the offensive coordinator is arrested, his house turned inside out by feds in unmarked cars in what looked like a scene out of a Martin Scorsese film for alleged computer access crimes. He's fired a couple of days later, and then we never hear anything else about it. Oh, by the way, the football program is under NCAA investigation for a host of recruiting violations. The head coach is personally under NCAA investigation for allegedly lying to and obstructing NCAA investigators. And by the way, the program is now under NCAA and FBI investigation among accusations of a heretofore peerless in scope and severity surveillance conspiracy. And at the center is a recruiting analyst who left a paper trail of his misdeeds at at least 17 different schools in 35 games dating back to 2021 at the latest. This recruiting analyst, of whom we have countless hours of footage and screenshots, spending copious amount of time standing directly next to and talking with both the offensive and defensive coordinators and the head coach, also pretty clearly impersonated a staffer for a Mac opponent of a Big Ten rival to steal signs from the sidelines while wearing glasses with a built-in video camera 
at said Big Ten rival season opener. Now, you name me one other place in America where a coach with this kind of inventory of issues and problems would be actively negotiating a contract extension. Where the school president is shamelessly shilling on Twitter for this coach who has more scandals than pairs of pleated khakis. Where the local newspapers of record are sitting around operating as a distributor for this school's outright propaganda. While the national media churns out new damning allegations and developments multiple times each day. Where the directional school implicated in G. Gordon Wolverity's welfare-level attempt at disguise and espionage is held to account and takes action on the matter before the school actually at the center of the whole thing. Name one other place in America where this would happen. One other place. I'm here till six. There's only one place, and it's in Michigan. When is enough enough? That's what I just keep thinking out loud every time there's something new. So the story last night, ESPN and Pete Thamel broke that uh, on their regularly scheduled conference call with the commissioner, the 14 Big Ten football coaches, after taking care of regular business for, I guess, about half an hour, had Harbaugh leave the call, and the other 13 spent about an hour making their case to Tony Petiti. I'll read you a few excerpts. This is from the ESPN.com story. You can find it there, or we have a sort of, uh, we have highlights of it in our story on it at thegame730am.com and in the free game 730 AM app. Collectively, the coaches want the Big Ten to act right now, a source familiar with the call told ESPN. What are we waiting on? We know what happened. The coaches in the Big Ten laid out to Batiti, who was hired in April, just how distinct of a schematic advantage Michigan has held the last three years by illegally obtaining the opposition signals ahead of time, as has been alleged. Coaches used words like tainted, fraudulent and unprecedented on the call to describe Michigan's signal-stealing scheme, as has been alleged. Much of the call, according to sources, was coaches explaining to Petiti both how it worked and how it impacted them and their programs. Quote, people don't understand the seriousness of it, another source said, how it truly impacted the game plan. To truly know if it's a run or a pass, people don't understand how much of an advantage that was for Michigan. There was anger interspersed throughout the call as one, sport, one source described the sentiment thusly, quote, every game they played is tainted. Now, apparently, according to ESPN, the coaches are pretty skeptical as to whether Tony Petiti is actually interested in ideas or their feedback as to taking any action. More from the story. The coaches acknowledged the reality on the call that the NCAA enforcement timeline won't impact Michigan this season as the Wolverines are 8-0 and number three in the initial CFP rankings. And that's one reason the Big Ten coaches called on action from the league. 
Sources describe Petiti as listening carefully to the coaches, but not tipping his hand in what direction he may go. Sources express curiosity as to whether the Big Ten is truly interested in taking action or just listening to coaches so they can be heard. One quote, um, another source is quoted in the story saying, quote, I don't think the Big Ten understood how upset everyone was. The tenor of the call was asking the Big Ten to show leadership, the conference and the presidents. An unprecedented violation of the rules would require unprecedented action from the Big Ten. So there you have it. The coaches are applying pressure. We now know the ADs are meeting with the coach today, and I think you can probably guess as to what that conversation will sound like. It will probably be a mirror of what happened last night. And before we get into that, I got to tell you, there's, there's something in this story at ESPN.com, the Pete Thamel story, that I'm, I'm surprised about. Maybe I shouldn't be, but it's clear through the story, according to the coaches on the call, that they believe Tony Petiti did not understand how big of a deal this was. The football side of it. He didn't understand what kind of an advantage it is, and he may still not understand that. So that, to me, if I were any in any way associated with the Big Ten, that would be a concern for me. Like, how can you not recognize that? Your job is to look out for the best interests of the controversy. I mean, how do you not know that? I understand he's more of a baseball guy, but, I mean, he's worked in college football before. And also, look, I just don't get how he doesn't see the severity of it. He was in charge of discipline for Major League Baseball when they handed down a that penalty to the Astros for their cheating scandal. How does he not get it? That's surprising to me. So now we have the ADs taking a call with him today. I don't know if that's already happened or not. I haven't seen any reporting on that, but it's happening sometime today. You can bet they're going to back up their coaches. So what happens next? Because it looks like to me, the coaches are not happy with Petiti, and they won't be unless there's some action taken. The ADs will be in the same boat. If we get to that point where both the coaches and ADs have no faith in him to do anything about this, isn't he just professionally cooked as commissioner of the Big Ten? I know he serves at the the pleasure of the conference champ, or excuse me, conference chancellors and presidents. That's technically who votes on who becomes commissioner, right? That's his boss. But don't you think if the coach and the AD at a school go sour on the commissioner, that the university president slash, slash chancellor is going to follow suit? Isn't that just... An eventuality, if that happens. What I'm saying is, he's got the coaches upset and pissed off at him. The ADs are probably going to be in the same boat. If he doesn't do anything, doesn't he no longer have a buffer to protect him? 
I wonder if that will be enough to move his hand. I don't know. I'm just wondering that out loud. And speaking of, what could he do? I looked into it. The best I can tell, here are the options. So Petiti, as the commissioner of the Big Ten, can unilaterally hand out punishments at the so-called standard level. And what that means is Petiti has the authority to, on his own, levy fines of up to $10,000 and issue suspensions for up to two games. Anything more than that, though, requires approval from the Big Ten Executive Committee, which is a group of representatives from throughout the conference. But I think you can bet, if it got to that stage, that that's just a formality, right? We know what the rest of the conference thinks about this. We know how they feel. Let's put it this way. The delegations from the 14 Big Ten schools are in unison and lockstep on this, that they want in-season punishment. They want the Big Ten and Tony Petiti to take immediate in-season punitive measures against Michigan now. There's only one of the 14 that does it. The one that would be on the receiving end of said punishment. So what I'm saying is if if we get to that executive committee level of a punishment, which I suggest anything Petiti would do, would rise to that level. That's just a formality. Everyone not from Michigan is going to approve that penalty. The question is, will he do it? I genuinely don't know. I, I don't have a good sense. If I have to guess, I would say no. Because as we talked about yesterday, I think the Big Ten, this is just my take. I don't have any information to support this. But my read of the situation, and also keep in mind, you all call me pessimistic and cynical. Fine, whatever. I call myself pragmatic and realistic. I would just wager that the Big Ten would adopt the same position as the CFP committee, which is this is an NCAA issue, not our issue. We are deferring to them because inaction is easier, cheaper, and way less of a headache. The only way I could see Tony Petiti getting involved is if his job is on the line. And I don't know if it'll rise to that level. Maybe it would. I don't know. But we're kind of running out of time here. I mean, after this weekend, we can agree nothing is going to happen before this weekend, right? There's just not enough time, I don't think. But after this weekend, there's only three games left. Now, two of them for Michigan are enormous at Penn State and home versus Ohio State in the regular season. You know, I really only see... Two scenarios. One would be, and what I mean by that is, I only see two scenarios that I can realistically think of where the Big Ten does take some sort of disciplinary action in season against Michigan. One of them would be what we just talked about. Sounds like the guy has uh, lost the confidence of the coaches. If that happens with the ADs, They could apply the pressure and threaten him with his job to get him to do something. Maybe. Maybe that could happen. I think that's possible. I don't know how likely, but I could see that happening. The other would be, and I wrote about this at thegame730am.com if you'd like to check it out. The only other way I could see the Big Ten forcing Petiti to get out of the comfort zone and to take action instead of taking the easy way out 
which is saying, nope, it's an NCAA thing. Not getting involved. The only other way I could see that happening is if a couple of the biggest brands in this conference threw around their weight to hit the Big Ten where it matters most, in the wallet. What I mean is this. Remember two weeks ago when this all started? It was two weeks ago today. There was reporting at the time that when the Big Ten contacted the other schools, including Michigan State, who was just a handful of days away from playing Michigan, that the Big Ten discussed with Michigan State the option of canceling the game. Now, some have disputed the veracity of that report. I tend to believe it, especially since in the post game, after the 49 to nothing Michigan win here at Spartan Stadium, Harlan Barnett said they considered canceling the game. Well, I believe that. And if that's true, which I'm going to run with, if that was an option, couldn't Ohio State and or Penn State threaten the same? Think about it. It's two of the biggest games on the entire sports calendar this year, not just in college football. But it's probably the two biggest revenue games for Fox this whole football season, college football, that is. Michigan at Penn State is scheduled for one week from Saturday. It is the big noon kickoff showcase of the week. And barring some really improbable stuff happening, it's going to be a top 10 matchup. And then two weeks after that, or three weeks from Saturday, is Ohio State at Michigan, set for noon. The Big Ten kickoff highlight of the season, November 25th. And that is the game of games. A rivalry clash between, at the worst, the numbers two and three teams in the country to wrap up the regular season playing for the playoff, playing for the Big Ten title game. Both of those games are slated to be the Big Noon Showcase. What if Penn State and Ohio State threaten not to play the game under the guise of we're concerned about player safety and well-being, like what the Big Ten discussed with Michigan State? Now, whether that's real or not doesn't matter. The point is, what if they threatened it? Well, We know the Big Ten is responsive when its TV partners are upset. And you can bet your ass if there is any amount of dubiousness regarding those two biggest of big noon kickoff games happening, that Fox would raise hell with the Big Ten. Those games not happening would represent millions of dollars lost to Fox. The last time one of Fox's TV network partners was upset. It resulted in Michigan State hosting Penn State, moving from Spartan Stadium on Saturday after Thanksgiving to Ford Field on Black Friday night. Because Kevin Warren overpromised and underdelivered to NBC, they didn't get a primetime game on Black Friday like they were promised. The Big Ten scrambled. Michigan State, for some reason, took one for the team, and that's how we got that. Tony Petiti did that. We know he's listening to the TV partners. And that was their tertiary TV network. Fox is most responsible for this $7 billion, $7 billion media rights deal. I have a feeling they would listen. Is it possible 
that could happen? Or would Petiti call Ohio State's bluff? Remember, they would stand to lose, too. If they don't play that game, I'm guessing it goes down as a forfeit. Or even if it doesn't, if it just goes down as not happening, doesn't that hurt their playoff resumes? I don't know. Will it get to that point? I don't know. You tell me, and also, just tell me in general. When is enough enough, and what do you think, if anything, the Big Ten should do about Michigan football in season? 517-342-63. Uh, Mark and Lansing are... Our resident lawyers on the line. I would love to hear your take on this and whether the there's legalities involved and all of that. Well, I'm I'm, I'm calling as a Michigan fan. There's, a, there's not necessarily anything that's uh, in a football in a football fan. You said Penn State and Ohio State might want to say we don't want to play, and that would be because of what? Well, it'd be under the guise of the health and safety no, no. of players. Yeah, well, we we know that's garbage, right? I think so, probably. Well, especially by that point. No, no, no. Well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll take you off the fence. It's garbage. <laughs> and they, they, it's garbage. And anybody running with that stuff is is a knucklehead. Oh, uh, the Big Ten said it, though. They said it, not me. No, 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 no. That's what the report said. Well, that's what I'm Harlan Barnett said. said. That's what Harlan Barnett said. So we don't know if that was Harlan Barnett speaking on his own, or we don't know. If that was Harlan Barnett speaking on behalf of the Big Ten and what that was echoed to the Big Ten. We know that Harlan Barnett eventually said, no, we're not going out like that. Penn State nor Ohio State would either. Especially when you when Ohio State admitted that they changed their plays last year before the game. They know. Everybody knows. Michigan State knew. So if they were concerned about signals being stolen, they said we got a fix for that. And the fix, you know what the Michigan State fix was, right? Yeah, they didn't do signals. They ran the play in yeah. with the backup and quarterback. Got B4, and they got B49 and nine. Yeah, but that's not so a great so example because Michigan State is the equivalent of, like, peewee football in the NFL. Like, give me I'm a stronger speaking, example. I'm speaking, I'm speaking Ohio State last year. Michigan, Michigan went into Columbus and beat them. And they admitted that they came into the game knowing that they had to change up their signals. Mm-hmm. So but I don't know that that I don't know that that completely erases any effect that would have, though, because as we've talked about before on this show, Connor Stallions wasn't just interested in in knowing all of their signals. This was way more elaborate. Like there's algorithms behind this and in, in anticipating behaviors and tendencies and play calling in certain situations. And there's evidence to suggest, regardless of them changing up their hand signals. We had a video that came out yesterday of Ohio State uh-huh. in the red zone last year. And uh-huh. they run a play. I think it's first down. They get like three yards. All right. The pop up. Uh-huh. They do the thing where they all get in a formation and they stare at their sideline, Ohio State does, to get the play call. The camera has an angle where you can see C.J. Stroud looking at the sideline. But behind him, we see Jesse Mentor watching the other sideline with Stallions right next to him. And then Stallions is obviously trained on the Ohio State sideline, looks back at Mentor and says, run right. What happens? Ohio State hands the ball off to the right. Michigan has both safeties crash right. And it's stuffed for a loss. So even if you change up your hand signals, uh, Michigan had, at that point, almost two, two full seasons 
of hand signals and play call tendencies. And this guy, look, at, at, as bad at, as this guy was at covering his tracks, there were algorithms and AI involved in this. You know, this, this is about... Beanie, 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 Beanie. They got more than two years of that. Yes, I, I bet agree. You, I, bet you Michigan, I bet you Michigan State can go back and say, we got 20 years of Michigan footage. Well, we you know what they don't have, though, Mark? They don't have 20 years of their footage intimately filmed from the stadium right next to the sideline by a cadre of surveyors. They don't have that. Only one team in the country has that. And don't tell me everyone does it, Mark. No, 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 no. no, I respect you because you're you're clearly a smart dude. Now, I understand you're compromised like we all are by bias about who we like and who we don't like. But you're smart enough. Come on. You're a smart dude, man. Don't play dumb with me. This is not something everyone does. Beanie, Beanie, Beanie. I didn't say everybody does that. I said everybody scouts. Well, you said Michigan everybody, State has the every, same information that Michigan does. That no, is, no, I did not. No, no, I didn't. You talked about out. Listen to what I'm saying. You talked about algorithms. Mm-hmm. You talked about tendency. I said teams can go back and develop that from re- looking at film of other teams for as long as they want to. They can, but what they can't do is cross-reference it through AI and other software with three years of hand signals. That's a big, and whether you want to admit it or not, I don't really, I'm not trying to change your mind. I don't really care what you think. I'm just telling you, man, that that matters, especially in today's day and age. Like AI has, and, and metrics, like it's taken over baseball, but people don't talk about it enough in the other sports. It matters. Ben, let me, let me ask you how this is supposed to work. Michigan, somebody from Michigan picks up a signal, right? From the other team, right? Well, they're, you mean watching it? Yes, they're, they're watching Ohio State's sideline. Then they do what? Relay that to the team on the field? Well, yeah, you can see it in the video. First of all, Stallions has a Denny's menu that's four cards deep with the other every team's team hand has, signals. Every, every, every team has that. They guy. do not. They do not. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Every team, Why can't every it? Okay, I get, I get this from Michigan fans all the time. I have not yet seen one photo to produce any other staff holding a card with the other team's hand signals. I can find you pictures of Connor Stallions doing it. I can find pictures of Sharon Moore holding one. And I'm not talking about since this happened. I'm talking about in Getty images going back to 2021. Beanie? Every do you do you ever watch the, the signals coming in from the other team? Forget about Michigan. Take Michigan out of all of them. Try to decoy their signals. I agree. You know what? You know why they are decoying their signals? To get an because advantage. They know the, because because they know the other team is picking them up. If you don't think that every team has somebody on the sidelines watching signals, conveying that information to somebody, and that's all I'm saying. Mark, Mark, listen, every team does not have a recruiting analyst, not even a coach, a recruiting analyst that's standing next to the coordinator and head coach for hours over the course of the last three seasons, not only standing next to them, but actively having conversations with them in game, telling them what the hand signals mean and accurately, by the way, we have tons of video evidence accurately predicting what the play is about to be on the field. No one else in the country does that. If you can prove that, man, you would have a job at any of the big networks like that. But for some reason, Mark, and I think you're smart enough to know why, in fact, I know you are, 
for some reason, we only have evidence of one school who has a recruiting analyst who does that. You oh, let, let me just let me, let me simplify it for you. You Please. think there's only one school that has a analyst on its bench? No. Watching the other team? Okay. I know there's only one school who has a recruiting analyst who's camped out next to both coordinators when that specific unit is on the field and also spends an, an incredible amount of time next to the head coach and talking to all three of them during the game. There's not one other staff in the country where that happens. In fact, there's not one other staff in the country where a recruiting analyst is next to either coordinator, let alone the head coach, for any significant amount of time. This staff, the guy is practically renting out apartment space next to all three of them. When it comes to other teams being aware that other teams are still in their signals, such they say, such that they kind of camouf- they try to camouflage what they're about to call. They know somebody is on the bench. If Michigan State has a guy watching the other team and re- and, and steal, I call it stealing, just for, for purposes of that. How is that per- how is that person passing that information on to the coaches? Well, I, I don't know. I do, I just know how Stallions I is know, doing I, it. I know. I know. You, I know you don't. Well, I know how Stallions is doing it, Mark, because I have eyeballs that work, and I'm on Twitter, and I can see the videos of him doing it. Is The newest video, I already told you about the Ohio State game last year. There's a dozen of these. But the newest one that comes out is a little inconvenient for your theory because it happened in last year's Michigan State-Michigan game. It's a third down for Michigan's offense, and Connor Stallions, for some reason, on a critical third down, is standing between Jesse Minter and Jim Harbaugh. They come back from break. Harbaugh takes off his headset, says something to both of them. Minter says, edge pressure. Excuse me. Scallion says to both of them, edge pressure. Then then Minter sends in the his hand signal or whatever it is, def, or his or excuse me, Schroen sends in his hand signal to his offense, and guess what? Michigan uh-huh. State sends ed, edge pressure, and Michigan runs in the opposite direction. You ready? Well, I'm not ready for more BS, but I mean it's good well, radio, so go I'm ahead. Not, well, you don't want BS as much as I am. Mark, listen, dude, you're, you're up here. You're a quiv. I know you're a lawyer, and you're I'm. I know you're a good lawyer. And I know your job is to be a professional equivocator. But, dude, come on. The worst part about this is, again, I like you and I like having you call and I like arguing with you even more. But the problem is you're being so dis- so intellectually dishonest. Because if this was Connor Stallions at Ohio State, you would be yeah. calling your congressman or maybe you yourself would be getting no, no. involved as a lawyer. Beanie, no, I wouldn't. Oh my God! Because it's, no, no, well, you can, you can. I'm not, I'm not a fan like that. I would not be called. No, you're just a fan Ohio who calls State. up sports radio and I, denies I, I, reality. I, <laughs> I do like you. Okay, I do, and I enjoy you calling. I enjoy arguing with you. But when, when, when you get a minute, think. Of, I want you to explain exactly how Michigan State may have somebody on the sideline looking at the other team's uh, plays. And how that information might be passed on to the coaches. Okay. Just deal with that. Just, 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 right. just hypothesize how that might occur. Okay. Right? During, during a game. During a game. Okay. I and, will. Uh, I will. Right. And while I'll let you go, but I appreciate the call. I just got to move on. I'll do that. And you work on getting out of the cult. We'll call it even. Bass Boat Randy's on the line. Thanks for waiting. What's up, man? 
hey, you know, I know everybody wants something to be done right away, okay, Big Ten Commissioner or whatever, but just think about it this way. I mean, that would be a punishment, okay, and then everybody could speculate how good Michigan was and what they could have done. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. So just, okay, so Michigan's got the it's us against the world attitude, okay? Yeah. Now, okay. I might be wrong, but it might just be firing this Michigan team up, okay? Like, you know? And just say they go on and they have a run and they run the table and they win the national title. Now, what would be more more hurtful to them? Being punished now and speculate what's going to happen or go out there and whoop everybody's butt, win that national title just to have it stripped away from you like a little kid on, on the playground. Uh, I, th- I think now, because e- vacating of, of wins and championships seems like the ultimate non-penalty to me. But you, you think that actually hurts more? If, you know, I, I mean, in reality, yeah. I mean, you know, because then they've, they've caught, they've been caught, okay, cheating, whatever. And I just think that they, Harbaugh has been there for how long? And they hired him and gave him all this money and all these breaks to win the national title, okay? Well, guess what? He won the national title, and even if he does not plan to leave, if he's stripped of it, he's fired, Correct. Oh, well, yeah, or he may leave before that's an option, but go on. And I, I mean, to me personally, of course, I'm older. I know I'm, I'm old school. I just think that if Michigan was to have a national title stripped from them, you know, I mean, like Brandon, the old Brandon, the old show, the guy's got all of his medals and everything just thrown <laughs> in the ground saying, get the hell out of here. I think that would do more damage to the school than it would if it was early. If, you know, people, the consensus want to have it something done now to ban them, okay, fine, but we can always speculate. But now, if they were to win that title over, you know, just outright kick everybody's yeah. behind, and then they have it taken away and say, well, yeah, guess what? But you cheated, so get out. If you cheated, get out. Yeah, look, I get it, but I just, you know, the problem I have is that maybe you disagree with me. I just think vacating wins and vacating championships is the ultimate toothless you know, discipline. It's it's a slap on the wrist, really, because while while you can't have the trophy anymore and you can't hang the banner anymore or whatever, it doesn't erase it from people's memories, right? It still happened. Oh, true. I, I now see. I didn't think about it that way. It still okay. it still Let's happened. That's one. It's it's in our minds. You know, it, wh- whether we're talking about people who celebrated it or didn't want it to happen, we still remember. We experienced it. It really happened. And then, you know, Michigan, in this case, would have already benefited from it. Like winning a national championship has economic benefits, of course, but also recruiting benefits, you know, and 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 benefits for like um, applications to the school. Like none of that would be changed by having to pull the banner down. You know, to me, if if you if you're interested, if the Big Ten is interested in doing something to protect the integrity of the game, and that's what they say the issue is. And I believe okay, that. I, then you got to stop know, them I, from being able to contend. And the thing is, I just, I don't know what you do. What do they? What does the Big Ten do? Say you're ineligible for the Big Ten title game? Okay, they still get in the playoff though. Oh uh, yeah, see, well, it's such a mess. But I, you know what? One thing you and I agree on: something's got to be done because you know what? This stuff's getting old real. Quick. Well, what would you do? I'm asking if you were in charge. What do you think? That, and I'm not trying to post you up. I'm just looking for ideas because maybe there's something I haven't thought of. Okay, I'm, I'm old school. Okay, I tell you what, suspend. You know what? Just get Harbaugh. Say, you know what? Your team can go to the Big Ten uh, playoffs. You know what? Or you know the championship game in the playoffs yeah. if you make it. But you're not gonna, buddy. You're gonna sit your butt down and you're gonna watch. Okay. You, 
just just suspend his butt, okay? Yeah. Why punish the guys on the you know? Why punish the kids on the field? They're the ones busting their butt. They're the ones. Mm-hmm. They're doing exactly what the coach tells them to do, and that's what I've always been told: do what the coach tells you to do. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that you know these kids are out there busting their butt. You know, I mean, they're getting these these instructions from the sideline. Okay, so punish the coach and the coaching staff, and let the guys just go out there and play the game. I mean, so I like that. Fair, but- I like that for a couple of reasons. Um, one, it holds accountable the head coach, who, according to the rule, it doesn't matter whether he knew or not, he is accountable. So I like that part of it. Um, I get what you're saying. Don't punish the players because they weren't involved in the scheme. And I, I think that's a fair point. The, the problem I have with that, though, is that's, in, 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 in a way, you're, you're trying to be fair to those players. I get that. But that's right. not fair to all the players who wouldn't be in the playoff because of Michigan's cheating. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, double sword, bingo. Yeah, so it's like, look, I know there's no perfect solution to this thing. If there were, it would have happened already. The problem is it's complicated, and it's messy, and it might get, you know, litigious even. I don't know, but I I just, there's so many moving parts. I hate the, you know, vacating stuff because it doesn't really matter, and I hate if the punishment's going to be, well, when the NCAA wraps up in a year, Michigan will have a postseason ban or scholarship reduction. Well, all that will do is punish people who weren't here and weren't part of it. Like, what good is that? Bingo. You know how all of this could have been avoided? A long time ago, if you would have re- uh, removed your name from being the Big Ten Commissioner, remember that show? <laughs> oh my God! Good. Po- I'm glad. I'm glad it didn't uh, happen. I'm glad they didn't hire me. I wouldn't want to deal with this. Oh hell no! Hey, thanks, Beanie. Right. You guys have a great day. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going way over, but want to get one more message in here that came in. Um, Jr. in Grand Ledge says, "Beanie, time to move on from Mark on the line. You're losing listeners because of it." That was when Mark was on the line. Well, okay. I understand you don't like what he has to say, but I do like Mark, and he's a smart dude. He's a lawyer. I appreciate all of his, you know, candor. He's he's um, enlightened us with during the Mel Tucker and everything legal saga. I appreciate your concern for the programming, JR. <laughs> but I do like arguing. And so does he. He's a lawyer. He does it professionally. I kind of do it professionally, I guess, but not for, not to accomplish anything other than putting on a two-hour rant about sports with fart jokes mixed in. It's offensive-minded. I'm Beanie. This is the game, 7.30 a.m. Lions pregame fix all season with nachos and kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show. Presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. Join yours truly, Beanie, from offensive-minded on the game, 7.30 a.m. And Brock Palmbush every week, about two hours before kickoff. We cover all the Lions angles, player availability, matchups, outrageous Dan Campbell in-game decisions and audio, local ski mask sales, and everything else. Nachos and kneecaps, presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason, is also brought to you by Miller Lite. On Classic Rock 90. 949 MMQ and the game 738. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
Be aware that eastbound I-496 from Lansing Road to Grand River Avenue, that's going to have a lane closed for construction there until the 15th of November. you got a traffic tip, 882-1389. With traffic, I'm Nathan Vandenberg. Sports talk and the best play-by-play in Lansing. It's just what we do. We're Lansing's number one source for sports talk. The game, 7.30 a.m. All right, we're back for a short segment here, but I did want to pass this along. Uh, I did just get a little bit of a breaking news here. I don't know if it's tremendous, but we knew the ADs were going to meet with Tony Petiti today. I'm told now that that will start here at 5 o'clock, so just a matter of minutes. I'll try to see if I can get any updates on that while it happens. I wouldn't count on it, though, because my understanding is stuff doesn't really come out of those meetings while they're ongoing, at least not in my experience. But anyway, um, I'll try to keep you updated as I can. And let me get one more message in here. This is from the free game 730 AM app. Um, who is this? JR in Grand Ledge. Beanie, time to move on from the smart guy. In the line. What? I already read this one. Oh, it came through twice. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, we already took care of that. Hey, lay off, Mark. I like Mark. I appreciate your concern, JR in Grand Ledge, and your taking ownership of the, uh, you know, the station. I do. Thanks for listening and messaging in. But I also appreciate Mark calling in and or anyone who disagrees with me or, or anything like that. And don't forget, arguing on sports radio is what it's all about. Back in a couple, it's Offensive Minded. I'm Beanie. This is the game, 7.30 a.m. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. WWVFN. East Lansing. A town square media station. A game, 730 AM. Lansing's only sports station. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. From Spartan Stadium to Ford Field, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident on the game, 7.30 a.m. 7.30 a.m. Hey, it's the new Michigan fight song. Welcome back. All right, the main topic today. With the news that the Big Ten coaches are putting pressure on Commissioner Tony Petiti to do something about the Michigan situation. In season... And 
I'm told the meeting between Petiti and Big Ten ADs just started within the last 10 minutes. Ostensibly, they're going to do the same thing as the coaches did last night. We're asking you, what should the Big Ten do, if anything, about this? And what can they do? I've already had some spirited calls and messages on this, as I suspected. I mean, look, I'm not here to tell you I know, because I don't. I have no idea. I don't know what's possible. I mean, I have a general understanding of the guidelines that, that you know, say what the commissioner can and can't do. But I don't know. There's, I don't think there's an easy one-size-fits-all solution here. I think it's going to be messy. It would probably be fought legal, legally if it does happen. I just, I don't know. I have no freaking clue. I don't, I don't know that there is a solution out there that's simple and takes care of everything. But hey, maybe there is. You can tell me. Here are all the ways to weigh in. 517-300-4263. That's the phone line. You can email the show, beanie at wvfnam.com. You can use the free game 730 AM app. Just click chat in the main menu, and it'll send over a, a free text message to us, okay? Or you can use Facebook. Send us a message or comment there. Just search Facebook for the game, 7.30 a.m. And to the Michigan fans, we took one call from Mark and Lansing in the first hour. And to any other Michigan fans listening right now, I want you to do yourself a favor. Pull out your smartphone or hop on your computer, open up a browser, and type this URL in. Cult-escape.com. I want you guys to get help. Worried about you. Out to the phones. Joe and Lansing has been waiting. Hi, Joe. Hey, what's going on? That was a that was an excellent, excellent segue into that with that plea song with the machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new fight song. song. It's the new U of M fight song. It replaces you know Hail so to the Victims or er, Victors. You know what's so funny about that song? That people think it's a love song. It's actually about a stalker. Yeah. And it's pretty clear, isn't it? Like, if, if you're just barely paying attention even, you know that that's not normal behavior the singer is talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so Mich- what's, what's Michigan's record? 8-0? Yes. 8-0. So they've got uh, four games left? Yep. Four games. So what would anybody think that they would that would suspend Harbaugh with four games left and um case in point i mean this is this is i mean this runs pretty deep of you know this alleged spying but how many coaches have been under investigation during the season like it doesn't matter if it's basketball or football or whatever i mean you know you could look at the, the roy williams thing and he was always under the microscope uh Sean Miller was on uh, Bill Self. Facebook. Bill Self, and it's just they're not they're not going to suspend them. And you know, if they suspend them, what they they can't clean house. I mean, they're still yeah. going to have the same coaches. I know that's you the know, thing. Like, if you suspend Harbaugh, I mean, don't you have to suspend more than just him? I get he's ultimately responsible because he's in charge of the program. So maybe you don't. I don't know, but also that that's just. I mean, I get it that you'd be trying to send the signal he's being held accountable, but I don't, for, for people who, let's be real, 98% of the college football universe hates Michigan and would just like to see something bad happen to them. All right, cool. I'm good with that. Whatever. 
But if you think suspending Harbaugh is going to change the outcome of this season, I just don't see how. Because despite the cheating, which, yes, he is ultimately culpable for, the real shame of it is they had a hell of a fo- they've had a hell of a football team the last three years. And that team's still going to be there, right? I don't see them... I, I don't see the outcome changing with Harbaugh, whether he's on the sideline or sitting at home watching on his couch. No, definitely not. And, uh, you know, his, uh, his staff, you know, I mean, there's a staff. I don't, I don't even know who was aware of the staff. Like, was he the only person aware of this? How many people on the staff was aware of this? How many coaches were aware of this, this spying, uh, uh, well, so we don't know officially, but look, I, it's pretty clear from the video we have of the sidelines over past games. Connor Stallion spent a lot of time next to and communicating directly with Sharon Moore, offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, Jesse Mentor, and Harbaugh over the last three years. So those three for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds to me like it's a... Uh... You know, uh, and do, do, they, do they sign a contract? Is he going to sign a contract? Well, of course, he's not going to sign a contract if he gets caught for cheating. But well, they're, they're, they're supposedly they're... pushing forward with it. That's what I heard in the middle of the week. But I'm also told <laughs> that Michigan has built in some some language into this contract extension that would protect them against him, you know, getting in serious trouble here, which is obviously smart lawyering on their part. Yeah, one of those clause deals or whatever. Yeah, like so. they could, like like Tucker's moral turpitude clause, uh, clause. I guess there could, they're working on something that would kind of get Michigan out from having to pay him uh, if he's in NCAA trouble or rung up on it for any of this. That's what I'm told. Yeah, but that's not official yet. So, thanks for the call, Joe. I appreciate it. Thanks. From run one Joe to another, is this Joe? Yes, Joe. Where Hello. are you calling from, and why don't you dig in? I'm calling from DeWitt. Um, I'm a Spartan fan, and, and this whole thing is, I think it's pretty funny. Um, if you think about the facts, you have an actual Michigan on-field coach on the sidelines spying at the Michigan State game. Yeah, you know, in a CMU that, disguise. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not only incredible, but it's totally hilarious. And the fact that the U of M fans are still trying to argue that they shouldn't get in trouble for that <laughs> is, is absolutely preposterous. Uh, yeah, and, I'm with you. And, and if the Big Ten doesn't do something, you're going to absolutely open Pandora's box. Well, okay, so let's, you, let's, let's unpack. I'll give you all the time in the world to talk, um, to keep going. But let's unpack that a little bit. So I'm with you. The pictures of Connor Stallions in his welfare level attempt at a disguise on the uh, CMU sideline at Spartan Stadium earlier this year. It is funny. It's it's just you got to laugh. But it is serious, too. It's it's seriously messed up. I I don't think I've ever seen uh, a a more depraved attempt at trying to get an advantage. It's it's wild. It's unthinkable. But at the same time, you know, I when we step back from it and stop laughing, Here's what I keep coming back to with it. Isn't that the definition of lack of institutional control? You have an assistant on your staff who, aside from doing all the stuff he's, we already know he's doing from the gist of the story, the latest development, or I guess yesterday's, two days ago's latest development, is now he's cosplaying as another school's assistant coach 
to spy on a Big Ten rival and help that Mac school against that Big Ten rival. It's just, isn't that the lack? Isn't that the definition of a lack of institutional control? It has to be. And one of the things that I read says that if you have multiple level one violations at the same time, that's or enough level two and level three violations. That's the definition of lack of institutional control. So it is okay. literally meeting the definition. And if we if we think about it, and we think about it from our perspective in relation to Michigan, if it's not cheating, then why aren't you volunteering to give all of your signals to every team you play from here on out? <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we didn't why, get in. There's no the, advantage to it. Okay. So, so you guys yeah. just painstakingly have done this for three years just for the hell of it. And and this and guy is is scheduling. Fl- it, eh. Yeah, and this guy is basically a travel agent for a, a network of cadres around the country to spy on these other teams. Now, there's no real yeah. advantage to that. We're just doing it for the hell of it. Sure. And think about it. If you're like, first of all, another thing that no one's talking about. If they started doing this three years ago, it helped them to retain coaches. It helped them to gather money from boosters that helped their NIL. It helped them to get recruits. So the team they've built now is on the back of the cheating that started whenever it started. This is not a this year thing. It's not we right. have the best team in the world and we can beat you anyway. And yeah, it's tainted, well, if isn't I was it? Washington, if I was Washington and I ended up number five and Michigan went, I would lose my ever-loving mind. It, it would be, be so unfair that you did all of that work for the past four years and then the cheaters slide right in there. Right. So that's going to be a real issue. If that, I think you're on to something. Yeah. That, we will hit critical mass, not here, but in the national media, because here, you know, they'd rather do, um, do investigative pieces on Michigan State's security protocols at Spartan Stadium when Connor Stallions yeah. got in in a disguise instead of, you know, covering... Yeah. The, the scandal that led to it. But anyway, um, I think you're onto something. That will hit critical mass. And I think the playoff committee is hoping and praying someone beats Michigan to, to take the ball out of their court, to save them from responsibility. I, I personally think they should take the win away at Michigan State. The, the very unquestionable in-person, on-field coach cheating, yoink the win, and and then put them and tell everyone else this is absolutely impermissible. You have there don't even think about doing this or we will we will slam you and and let Michigan know what you did was completely wrong and what you and you knew you were doing it. Let's let's not pretend that. Take it, what it, win it, away? It, take the win from 2 weeks ago here away? Yeah, Michigan State. Well, Michigan State cuz that, that that's the that's the one we have proof that they had an on-field coach who's in oh, direct contact right. with Yeah, earlier in yeah, the season. I see the connect. Right. And, I s- yeah. And um, his, well, look, those- if, 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 you, if you're waiting for that, um, you're going to get that eventually when the NCAA concludes. They're going to have to vacate all that stuff. So if you yeah. want that, just you just got to yeah. be patient. I don't really care about that. I'm more interested in what's going to happen going forward because it's, it's hard for me. Yeah, it's hard for me to see how... How can college football, how can college football be serious about the integrity of the results uh, of its games, of its season, of its playoff, if they let these guys in? 
I totally agree with that. And and you the like lots of other people agree with it. And then there's the proof of how poorly they did against the spread all of Jim Harbaugh's right. tenure until they started cheating. There's just piles of proof at this point. And and to to pretend that there's not is is gonna seem so backwards that the people that are actually getting screwed are are gonna they're they're gonna file lawsuits is what's gonna happen. Whoever ends up fifth and and Michigan gets in, they're gonna lose out on millions and millions of dollars and they're gonna wanna know why and they're gonna they're gonna be looking for answers um, litigiously. I can I that's what I would do if I was them. Well thanks for the call, Joe Joe and Dwight. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening and calling in. Yeah. Look, it's it's complicated and multifaceted. That's for damn sure. And hitting on the the spread thing, I think that is probably the most eye-opening part of this. When you look at how Michigan how Michigan fared against the number before 2021 and since, I mean, they were a below 500 team against the number under Harbaugh going into 2021. Since, not only are they above 500, but they're the best team in the country by a considerable margin. Better than Georgia, who, can we agree, Georgia has been the most dominant football program in college football over these past two and a half seasons? I mean, they're going for a three-peat. No one has come close to them in that regard. And yet Michigan is performing against the spread, not just better, but way better. In fact, Michigan is outperforming Vegas odds makers at a staggering rate, that the rate at which isn't usually observed. That alone ought to raise eyebrows in the worst way. 517-300-4263. Ted and Lansing, what's up? How are you doing today? I'm good, man. What you got for us? Well, a couple things. Let's start with Mark's comments, our, our lawyer from Michigan. Uh, Mark has two degrees from Michigan, and he's a lawyer, so we know there's a bias there. I have two degrees from Michigan State, and I'm a lawyer, so we've now put that all on the line. <laughs> I'm shocked and surprised, shocked and surprised that he would use the defense that other people are doing it. Let's use tickets as an example. You get pulled over for speeding. It is not a defense for you to say other guys were speeding too. You either were speeding or you wouldn't. Right. If you if you have been speeding, then you pay the ticket or you're found guilty. There's so much evidence. It's called, if nothing else, it's circumstantial evidence of all the violations. This team was built on the back of number one illegal recruiting, and we don't know how many of their players went to Michigan after illegally talking to Harbaugh or somebody on the phone. You could never codify that, probably. And then we've now got these signals that we know go back three years. So how many games have they won close games because they had stolen the, the, the signals? And to say that that this is not consequential is just ignoring the fact and putting your, your head in the sand. So I think the at this point, we sentence people to, number one, punish, and number two, send a message to society. The best message we can send this year is the University of Michigan is ineligible for any postseason play, Big Ten championship, or any bowl game or the playoffs. 
say it. But now, how how do you do over. that? Like obviously the Big Ten could do that as it applies to the Big Ten title game, but the College Football Playoff Committee would have to do that for the playoff, and they've made it clear they're not interested in legislating this. Well, well, they're not going to legislate it. It's real simple, Beanie. All they have to say is the criteria we look at is strength of schedule and this and that and the other thing. And if the Big Ten voids any of their any of their victories, then they don't have the record. Yeah. Well, there are ways around it. Let me and two of the committee's lawyers sit down. We'll come up with a way to keep them out. Okay. Well. Okay. So how how likely is that though? Like, I just I don't see that happening. I, honestly, it's well, hard for me to see Tony Petiti doing anything, <laughs> let yeah. alone him doing something and the playoff committee doing something. I think. They don't want to get involved. I think inaction is definitely easier and more attractive. And um, and I also think sure. that they're just hoping and praying that Ohio State or Penn State or, God forbids, Purdue or someone else can do the job for them. You know, I mean, it, that's a problem. And you and I talked about that a week and a half or two weeks ago when I said, I think what they ought to do is keep them out. And you said, well, that'll never happen. Well, those odds have gone up a little bit. You, Pressure, 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 pressure. Yeah, I agree with you. They have. I think it's possible now. I just don't think it's at all likely. Uh, I still wouldn't bet on it because I think you're right. (laughs) I think the odds are still a little long. But who knows what's going to come out in the next week? That's true. That's a a good point. I've st- and I've maintained that you know I've I've heard some stuff from some Michigan people that uh, they think is going to come out about this that's that's bad and the thing is they don't know when but they think it's for sure coming I if that's true and the stuff that they're talking about and you can find it on message boards and and Twitter sure. if that stuff does come out in the mainstream and has any kind of credibility some substantiation to it which if it gets in the mainstream media it will yes i think that would do the trick for everyone here it would settle the problem that way because i think it might move michigan's hand to act out of um you know pr interests but i just i don't know how likely that is either well here's the here's the smoking gun that's sitting there right now as as you read all this stuff um and that's the complaint by ohio state that they're accusing Michigan of hacking into their cloud. Right. Now, that, if, if that becomes substantiated, not only is Michigan in trouble with the sports, there's somebody in trouble with federal law. There are federal right. laws against hacking. Now, so that, and, and what you're mentioning there is that, right, that's what I was going to get to. That's allegedly already under investigation from the FBI. And, you know, you can connect the dots. We know from the ESPN reporting that all of this started through a, a third-party independent uh, investigation that another school hired. I think we can safely assume now that was Ohio State. And according to people in the know, Ohio State got evidence that Michigan was uh, accessing their cloud server, obviously improperly and illegally. They say that they have proof of that, and they've given it to that um, the FBI. So, I, look, I don't know. I... I wonder why that hasn't been produced already. Like, if that's true, that should be the bombshell of bombshells. And yet that's that came out like a week ago, and it hasn't really blown up into the mainstream. Well, you have to understand how the FBI is. They're very slow and very deliberate. And they're probably looking at it, and they then they have to go up there. They have a hierarchy. 
First, the field agents take it to the resident agent. Then the resident agent takes it up to the regional and so on. And along the line, there's going to be people say yes or no. But I, I think if there's any credible evidence of this, that even creates more public pressure against having them in the playoffs. All right, man. Thanks for the call, Ted and Lansing. I appreciate it. Maybe we could organize a, a lawyer off between Ted and Lansing, the Michigan State guy, and Mark and Lansing, the Michigan guy. Man, <laughs> that would be radio rating suicide, <laughs> a lawyer contest. <laughs> appreciate both of you guys. I got an email here, beanie at wvfnam.com. Steve, formerly known as Daily Double, says, just think four years ago, Michigan fans were not happy with Harbaugh. He had to do something to keep his job. Well, that's one of the working theories. You know, look, if if they don't duck the Ohio State game that year, he's probably fired. Uh, I don't know how you would survive the ass-whipping that was about to be administered there. Remember, that was the hang 100 year. He had to, in the offseason, he had to give back a bunch of money. He took a pay cut to keep his job, and that's when things turned around. So, look, there's a ton of coincidences here. That if you look at them in totality, it's hard to, it's hard to, hard to call them all coincidence. Not all of them, at least. Five one seven three hundred forty two sixty three. Out to the phone line. A uh, caller on there. Who is it? And where are you calling from? Hey, it's Chris. I'm calling from up north. How are you? Hey, man. Good to hear from you. How you been? Hey, I'm good. Um, I'd like to thank the University of Michigan for taking Michigan State off the front pages. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I mean, I, I can't thank them enough for all that, um, number one. Number two, I'm beginning to wonder if COVID hasn't had an effect on everybody's thinking through everything in life from here on out. Because I tell you what, there's been some crazy stuff going on lately. <laughs> I mean, think about the last two months of football just in the state of Michigan. Oh, my look God, at, yeah. At, I mean, look at it. Yeah, we haven't even talked about football, right? Uh, like, we, we've got I mean, one team that's a football complete... Is a, football's a secondary thing. It is. One team's obviously a dumpster fire with, with the coach and right. the scandal he got himself in. The other team's a legitimate national championship contender, and we don't even talk about that anymore. What? Right. right. I'm just wondering, do you think the hammer's going to come down, like, maybe tomorrow on these guys? Mm, no. Well, hold on. What do you what do you think the hammer... What do you mean by that? What's the hammer? I don't know. I mean, I mean... <laughs> The big time's got to do something. Do they, though? Obviously, no, obviously for this guy to meet with all the coaches last night and all the ADs tonight, there's something in the works. I don't know that. Um, I could see why you would think that, but I just, uh, look, call me skeptical or cynical or whatever. I just think there's a reason the playoff committee said, yeah, we're not getting involved. We'll let the NCAA handle it. And the reason they said that is it's easier. <laughs> it's not their problem. And well, I think the Big Ten probably wants to do the same. Well, it's going to be a chain of command thing here. Yeah. The Big Ten moves first, then the NCAA comes in, and then the FBI comes in or whatever. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, this is just just unbelievable to me. I'm not kidding you. I'm with you, dude. Every day there's something else, and I just. No, listen, was this guy actually, has it been proven or solidified that this guy was wearing glasses that had a camera in them? I mean, we don't have the the pair of glasses to inspect, but it's pretty evident. Like, there's one particular video angle where you can see right. him 
uh, looking at the, the field. Light up in the yep, yeah. and if you look, you can find those exact <laughs> pair of glasses online. Ray-Ban makes them. They're like 300 bucks, and they have that little blue light right next to the lens. It's pretty clear. Like, why else, why else wear Ray-Bans during a night game? Not only that, it, they, how, how does he get on the, in the, on yeah. the sidelines? Well, the security see, yeah. I've been there numerous times before I moved up north, and I'm telling you, security's tight there. Yeah, CMU's got a lot to answer for, and uh, for anyone who's never had a, a field pass, it is incredibly regulated. If you have a field pass, oh, you can't sure. just wander around the sideline. You've got like a uh, a 10-square-foot box you have to stand in. I think you have to stay within both 25s or something. Um, outside of them, right? Yeah, outside the 25. Yeah. yeah, you're not allowed to be on the actual bench. Like, that's right. not... That's not allowed, and they're very, very militant about that. So clearly, look, the guy had someone on the inside that made all that happen, and he spent a lot of time in that game standing right next to CMU's recruiting director, who I think he knew from U of M. So, I mean, you connect the dots. Well, and not only that, Central's got like four or five staffers that are from U of M. So there's a link there, too. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm a conspiracy theorist like you, but I'm I'm certainly glad Ann Arbor is certainly taking over the headlines away from East Lansing. That I'm thankful for. Me too, man. Thanks for the call. I got to leave it there, just up against it. But I'm I'm with you, and the CMU stuff. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory because there's pretty compelling evidence that uh, it's it's not a theory, let alone a conspiracy theory. By the way, CMU and Michigan have had a bit of a what's the word? I don't know, football relationship for a while. You know, they've had coaches go from one to the other a lot in the past. It's not new. Not that State hasn't either, but I think Michigan's relationship with CMU is is way more uh, active between coaches and players moving back and forth. So, I mean, there's a lot to raise your eyebrows about that. Like I said, though, on um, when we came back from Labor Day, and like I said, when this came out on Tuesday... I'm done with CMU, man. We ain't playing you anymore. We ain't subsidizing your poverty program anymore. You let this kind of crap happen? Sorry. You better call Georgia to go down there and get your ass beat by 70 again. We ain't paying you anymore. You want to play us? You pay us. It's offensive-minded. I'm Beanie. This is the game, 730 AM. The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He shoots, he scores on the backhand. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. He scores from the right side goal line. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM. Lansing's only home for hockey. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Got a hot take? Boom! Hot take! Offensive-minded phone lines are open. 517-300-4263.
<laughs> All right, we're back. Sorry, I'm a little off my game today. I'm having some sort of, uh, I don't know if it's allergies or what. So if you hear a awkward dead air, like just then, that's because I'm trying to hit the sneeze button. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, I wanted to catch up on messages here. Good Lord. I'm sorry, guys. I'm having a full-blown meltdown over here. Okay. I'm behind on messages, so let me try to catch up. So earlier, John and Holt. The mayor of Holt, John Freeber, he messages in in the free game, 730 AM app. What do you think Michigan's punishment should be? I think they should be, well, he says, I think they should not be able to participate in the playoffs. I'm tired of the NCAA and Big Ten not doing anything because it's Michigan. Well, to be fair, I don't know if either would want to do anything regardless of who the team is in season. But I'm asking you, like, I don't, I don't have the answers on this. Not all of them, not even close. So you're going to have to weigh in and you tell me that's what I'm asking. I don't know. And I don't know what's going to happen either. I haven't seen any updates from that AD meeting that uh, Tony Petit's having. No updates on that right now either. Joaquin's beard in East Lansing. All right, we're going to have a go to break. Sorry, guys. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. It's the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on the Lansing Sports Network. The Big Talker, 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. A tradition in Lansing for over 20 years. With your hosts, the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell. Powered by White Law PLLC. Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and Chandler's Top Shelf. This is the White Law PLLC Hellgate Show. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
101. Back to the best in sports talk now. now. On the only station serving Lansing with the best sports talk for 30 years. The game, 7.30 a.m. All right, sorry about that, guys. Apologize for that. Off my game a little bit today. I'm sorry. I don't know if it's allergies or what, but we're going to power through here. All right. I had more messages to catch up on in the free game, 730 AM app. This is from, yeah, this is Joaquin's beard in East Lansing. He says, Beanie, I wish you would have pointed out to barrister Mark in Lansing that paying stallions to go out and videotape hand signals and reimbursing his travel and ticket expenses is what sets Michigan apart from other schools. Yes, MSU and dozens of other schools try to figure out opponents' hand signals, but they don't institutionalize it. Michigan apologists have gone from cheeseburger to nothing butter to everybody does it. There are none so blind as to those who will not see. All right. Thanks, Joaquin's Beard in EL. Yeah. Just to update everyone where we are in the Michigan fan slash cult response cycle. We start with stage one, which is this is all BS. Okay. Then we went to stage two, which was it's a nothing burger. Then we went to stage three. Everybody does it. Then we went to stage four, which is uh, he acted alone. No one else knew. He was a lone wolf, a rogue agent. And now we're at stage five. Let's leave the Big Ten for the SEC, where we'll be applauded for cheating instead of condemned for it. I saw that on uh, some Michigan fan on Twitter was saying we should leave. We should leave for the SEC. Yeah, okay. Just to show how the mighty have fallen. Here's another message. This is from Farmer in Longmont in the free game, 7.30 a.m. He says, Michigan became good three years ago because they finally got very good quarterbacking. The first three games this year, they didn't cover. Then they started playing Big Ten teams that are terrible and did well. Then they played Georgia and TCU, very good teams, and got wiped. Um, well... Okay. I mean, there is the coincidence of a widespread, unprecedented in scope and severity surveillance scandal happening over the same time. Things that make you raise your eyebrows. And also the almost statistically impossible overperformance against the spread that Michigan has had over the last three years. I mean, at the very least, I understand if you're in the cult, you can't think critically about it. I get it. But at the very least, if you're even anywhere near reality, you have to be skeptical somewhat. You got to raise at least one eyebrow. All right, we're running out of time. I did want to get you some of this Tom Izzo sound. He appeared on WXYT in Detroit radio today and talked about a multitude of things, one of which was, uh, you know, we lost one of the true titans of sports yesterday and Bob Knight passed away. Izzo, of course, was very fond of him. Take a listen. This is him talking about the first time he coached against the legendary General Robert Montgomery Knight. A person and as an adversary. Yeah. No better person to uh, reflect on his career. Oh, hold on. I don't know what happened. I screwed up the timestamp, I guess. Well, anyway, 
Man, yeah. I'm just, I'm not doing great today. I apologize. Tom Izzo did talk at length about it. I'm not sure what happened to that clip. I'll try again here, see if I can find the spot. There is that there are, and, you know, when you look back at Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler, and, you know, I, I always said I wish I was a football coach because those guys got to do what they wanted, and uh, nobody knew because they were on a football <laughs> field, you know. Part to them, but as far as if you needed them or you wanted them, um, that guy was unbelievable to me, to Judd, I think to the game of basketball, and I, I really mean that in every way, shape, or form. When you look at his legacy uh, and his time as, as the youngest coach at, at, the, at the moment at West Point, and then his time at Indiana and then Texas Tech, what, when you think about his legacy and his impact on college basketball, what was that? Winner, you know. He won everywhere he went. I mean, how do you win at Army? You know, it's impossible. <laughs> how, do, how do you, you know, then he, then he went to Indiana and he, he won. But, you know, then he went to Texas Tech and, uh, you know, all of a sudden there's 14,000 people in the stands and, and he won there. So, uh, you know, I, I think he is a winner and people will argue the the antics or, you know, the, the chair throwing and things that I see uh, go his way. But... Uh, you know, let's face it, guys. Uh, Chad Heathcote used to say, sooner or later, the game makes fools of us all. That's Tom Izzo on WXYT in Detroit today talking about Bobby Knight. I think there was one more clip we needed to get to because he talked about the first time he coached against him, and he shares a, a, a pretty good story that I, th- I think you guys would appreciate hearing. I'm trying to scrub it and find it at the right spot. but Let me see. I think I got it. Here we go. Well, I'll just give you a hint. I wore a diaper. <laughs> so I was prepared. Um, you know, I uh, I mean, I, I did look down at him, and I, I remember Mark Hollis. We walked out. We played Indiana, my first Big Ten game in, in Leslin. And I walked out, and uh, we weren't as good. And there were 4,000 red sweaters in the crowd. And I remember arguing with Mark Hollis in the hallway that this will never happen again. we got to change the deal. And, change the student section and I mean this is before the game and we went out and beat them uh and a big upset and uh so that was my first big 10 win and and believe it or not he was gracious he was complimentary and uh I'm sure mad but uh you learn a lot about a guy during those times and that's why I said my first win was against Indiana and Bob Knight the national championship you know, I think he helped me get there on that day in, in Bloomington. So, you know, a lot of people are going to want me to say this and that, uh, nothing but respect, admiration, and and uh, just realizing there's a lot of ways to do things, and yet probably got to curb yourself. And I think he would have. I think he could have. I, I don't know if he could have dealt with Twitter. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that, that should be illegal, so it's nobody should have to deal with that. <laughs> That's Tom Izzo on Bob Knight, who passed away yesterday. Uh, I hope you got a chance to listen to Tim today earlier on Stout on Sports. Tim knew Bob Knight pretty well and shared, you know, he did a hell of a show about it. So if you missed out, you can get full episodes of Offensive Minded and Stout on Sports for free wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for our shows there, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, whatever. I would 
I would urge you to catch up on that. Well worth your time, especially if you're interested in learning more about the general passed away yesterday. One last cut from Izzo on WXYT in Detroit earlier today. He was asked about the coaching search. Specifically, he was asked about the Urban Meyer rumors. And I wanted to cue that up for you because it's interesting. And then he talks about, you know, he he talks about um, the coaching search in general too. So here we go. Take a listen. You know, I don't think nothing of those. I mean, uh, again, I'm just blown away how my favorite subject, the uh, Twitter, you know, (laughs) is uh, social media, media in general, how they manufacture things. And uh, so I think, you know, uh, you know, we'll figure out where Harlan is. We'll figure out um, who the next coach is. And we got a next president. We got a lot of things going on here. I'm going to stick to this guys. We got a lot of opportunity here and, and somehow, some way, um, we're going to get this thing back together. And when we do, we will have done something that the modern student athlete is not allowed to do. We have gone through adversity. We failed a little bit. And we're going to learn what it's like to come back on top and feel good about it. Instead of never failing and never knowing what that's like, you never feel good. This is life lessons. And I'm excited to be a part of it and try to... Uh, get things back to normal. Well, there you go. Tom Izzo this morning on WXYT in Detroit. Um, If you're wondering, I don't think there's anything legitimate or official on the coaching search or Urban Meyer in general right now out there. I know he had another one of his weekly like media appearances go live last night one of those videos was at urban's take where he addresses the you know will he return to coaching again the upteenth time it seems like so I, I think i have sound of that i can play that for you and it's just the one millionth time it seems like in the last few weeks he's had to uh i guess not had to but he's weighed in on that um the sound is not cooperating here apologize It was from Urban's Take, the weekly on three show he does with Tim May. We've played sound from that before as recently as a couple of weeks ago where Tim May asked him, are you coming back to coaching? And he said, no, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. So take that for what it's worth. Wouldn't be the first time a coach said that and then returned. It wouldn't be the first time this coach said that <laughs> and then returned. Um, I'm trying to see if I can get this damn sound to cooperate. I'd like to play that for you before we get out today, but it's looking unlikely. And I still don't got, I still haven't gotten any updates on the Big Ten AD meeting with Tony Petiti. If I did, I could pass that along to you, but there's nothing out there right now. Yeah, sorry, I can't get the sound to work. But what I can try to do here is, oh, hang on, it might work now. Let me see. Let's see if we can get this going. You know, we didn't touch on this last week, but I wanted to ask you just just what's your general take of the accusations, uh, the allegations, and things. Some of them fairly substantial, and uh, 
and backed up with with some evidence too now but uh we don't know where it's going but the but the you know for one another on the sign stealing hyphen gate situation with the university of michigan with the with the young man connor stallions just from what you've been able to piece together and kind of you know judging your own way what, what's your what's your take on on that situation at the moment yeah this is really the first time you know because it's you and because it's uh a guy I respect, so I'm very cautious. I've been asked over a hundred times to comment on it, and I just won't. Because, uh, but I am going to. I'll tell you my thoughts. Is first of all, I'm very skeptical of reporters reporting. Uh, my experiences are they're wrong most of the time, you know, and that's not a shot at the media, but that's reality. Is that people say things in the reporting that's that's just not true. Yeah. So, I'm going to give a benefit of the doubt, saying I first of all if. I, it's hard for me to believe that is true because I also heard people say that, well, everyone does that. And Tim, no one does that. Yeah. I've never heard of that in 40 years of being around the game that, you know, it's a, there's a very cl clear rule, you know, and that rules and someone says it's not that important. Once again, everybody's a their opinion. If they know your signals, it is that important. You're changing the game. You know, it's, that's very egregious if that's happened. I'm not saying it did because I'm still skeptical that it did. All right. That's not the sound I was looking for, but maybe tomorrow. Until then, four to six, be safe and be good. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.